1: Hey, Caleb. hi, hey, <laughs> hey, Michael. How you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm surprisingly good. Surprising. That's, that's good.
0: I I'm, mean, I don't know why surprising, but oh, that's good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the world's a shit storm. It's uh, true. It's a, it's a little bit chilly in this room, which is why I'm, I'm wearing the hoodie. But of course, I, ha- I have to uh, represent represent Somnium. Yeah. Um, you might notice that I'm not in my usual location. It's a little bit weird.
0: It is. I noticed uh, that. For those of you watching on YouTube, because we're on YouTube right now. We're
1: doing that now, aren't you we? You
0: might not remember the location Caleb was in previously. Just go back and watch some of the old videos.
1: It, uh, it doesn't look like this. This is, in fact, the wildest fucking hotel room of uh, uh, the hotel, just in general. I like room and then hotel and then like larger structure yeah. that I've ever been in in my life. Um I took a spontaneous trip to uh, Tacoma, Washington to uh, uh, assuage uh, some of my uh, need to do literally anything. I felt like so, so cooped up Uh, and the little bit of traveling I've done has mostly been either like back to to Syracuse, uh, which love to the people there, but I fucking hate it, Um, (laughs) or to North Carolina, which again – Fucking hate. Don't want to go. Uh, I keep, like, my, the only travel I've done in the last couple of years has pretty much been to places I don't want to go to. Right. So this was, like, I if I don't go somewhere now, I'm going to fucking, like, I don't know, probably throw a brick through a window.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, in my opinion <laughs> and from what I've learned from history, uh, only good things come from bricks through window. You would think <laughs> I'm being sarcastic when I say that, but I'm not, actually. Research the history of pride.
1: No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Would have would have been fitting, but I'm, I'm glad I didn't do that because that uh, um, that probably would have gotten me in more trouble than it it's would true. have helped. It's true. Uh, but anyway, so I'm, I'm here, and I I just I, I looked around for for hotels, and I found uh, this place called the McMenamins Elk's Temple, uh, which um, a friend of mine who lives in this area, who I, I won't name for the for their own uh, safety, um, said when I told them I was staying here, they were like. Oh shit! That place is rad. I used to break into there when it was an abandoned building. That's amazing. <laughs> it's, it, it's definitely haunted. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yes!" Possibly normal uh, season two.
0: Here we go. Exactly.
1: That's <laughs> I'm 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 ready and waiting to take notes for for season two. Uh, uh, to to bring y'all some some new spook nuggets from the West Coast. Uh, but in the meantime, the best way that I've been able to describe this place so far, uh, is if you told a tarot artist. Make me the Roaring Twenties into a deck. I mean, and the the rooms are all homages to like famous, um, uh, Tacomans. and uh, even like there's there's one room that I saw that I I think I think it might actually be like. a a special suite or something like that. Cause I saw flowers out. I know there's a bunch of like wedding parties and stuff like that happening in this building. Cause when I got in last night, this place was a fucking shit show. (laughs) Um, But there's one that was dedicated to the Piollup tribe. Uh, So even, you know, like uh, homages and acknowledgements to the native peoples of this area as well. Uh, But there's like, there's a brewery on the premise. There's like a fine dining restaurant, a like pub style and like a dive bar, like slash party bar, like all in this fucking like, refurbished elk's temple that also is a hotel <laughs> i mean again first off
0: it has temple in the title like that mm-hmm. alone is like well that's worth the money right there it's yeah. not a hotel yeah. it's not a motel it's not a inn it's a fucking temple yes a like,
1: temple i, I could have stayed at a fucking courtyard by marriott
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i think it would have actually cost me more to do that and also the last couple times that we've stayed like I don't have anything specifically against Marriott and their places tend like they own half the hotels in the world and they tend to be pretty nice. Yeah. No complaints with my stays, but two times in a row we have stayed or like either I've stayed or Ellen stayed uh, in a Marriott hotel and they have charged us at checkout and then called to tell us that our card wasn't like our payment wasn't processed and they needed to, to charge us again. But, like, the payment had processed on our end. And so they were double charging. And it's like, I don't want to stay in another Marriott until they get their fucking shit together. Which you would think a, like, however many, like, hundred-year-old <laughs> hotel chain that owns half the fucking world should get payment right. Yeah. But,
0: like, I mean, that's, like, step one for any business that takes money is figure out how to take it well. mm
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, you know, but, and that's like that's mostly a solved problem at this point. It,
0: it is. I mean, you know, like worst case scenario, just write me a receipt. You know, like right? just hand write it out. Yeah, that's one of those things. I cannot tell you the number of businesses that make it very hard for me to give them money so here's I a really want great to, example I want to pay you I, like, I want i'm want trying to, let me to give the money you. so here's a really great example my uh national grid bill which is my energy provider you know like my electric and and heat and stuff like that uh i got a brand new card my bank was like hey your card number got compromised and some you know website data leak we're sending you another card well i have automatic mm-hmm. payments set up On that card for National Grid, but I forgot. So when it went to charge the card, it was like, hey, we, you know, your payment failed, obviously, because the card was no longer valid. And so I went back in to be like, oh shit, yeah, I'll just go ahead and change this to the other card. And I was like, cool, cool. So I changed, you know, I deleted the old card, added the new card, and I was like, okay, you know, make the payment. And they were like, no, we can't accept payments uh, via your card uh, for the next 30 days. You have to call us. Which is going to be what? a three dollar and fifty fee to charge uh, you over the phone in order to take your bill, and I'm like, why are you making it more hard for me to give you money? Because like, right? like that's that's steps because I can't. It's not like I'm just calling and someone's going to answer, or I can go through an automated system. I have to go through like twelve menus, eventually mm-hmm, be mm-hmm. put on hold to eventually get to someone to explain the whole scenario, read my card out. Like, why are you making it harder for me to give you money? That is the dumbest thing in the world. And companies do this stuff all the time. All the time stuff like this happens.
1: And honestly, like, it's the big fucking, like, monopoly, like, no competition, bought up everybody else, like, really hijacked the entire market, like, we're the only game in town, you have no other choice. It's those companies that are the fucking worst at it. The
0: absolute worst, and I don't understand what—I mean, I know it's just a matter of, like, they've gotten so big that everything is just folded in on itself and becomes so convoluted, and there's no way to fix it because it's just been system on top of system on top of system piling up for years and years. But still— it's a terrible customer experience, which is why people speak so ill of companies like National Grid, Spectrum, you know, Time mm. Warner. Back when it was that, you know, like that. That's why people are like, ah, pff, screw those companies because they're so used to getting screwed over over tedious, menial things that are, like should be simple solves. Every enormous,
1: time. inefficient, evil empires yeah speaking of which i finally watched obi-wan hey there you go (laughs) fight the empire that's gonna be a theme i guess for this week is fighting the empire yes holy shit um but yeah i you know what i enjoyed it i got i got exactly what i expected out of it um i i I think i said maybe it was last week or maybe it was just in a casual conversation i don't even remember at this point um but I had seen some stuff that probably were technically spoilers, but it was nothing surprising to me. So, uh, like, sure. I didn't, I didn't really expect there to be anything spoily about uh, a film that is set between two major existing uh, installments in the franchise. It's just, it's you know, it's filling in the plots. We know what happens after. We know what led up to this. It's just giving us details. So there really right. wasn't much to spoil. Um, but all the things that I was like, that probably is a spoiler. They were, but, like, again, and it's, it doesn't spoil anything when you know that it has to happen. Uh, yeah. Is it... Uh, like, are we far enough out at this point to yeah, say like, things that happen? it's, like, I think, like, two all weeks. Right. We're good. So, like, I mean, even without, like, getting into details, all the fights between Obi-Wan and Vader. Of course that was going to happen. Sure. It had to happen. Yep. There was, there was no way, like... And exactly the little... way
0: they happened, where the first fight, Obi-Wan gets slapped around, and the second fight, yep. he gets his redemption. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's classic.
1: And, like, it, I... Was it? It was um, Sean from from Metalcore Nerds that was sharing a, a thread earlier today, uh, which for you know listening would have been several days ago, mm-hmm. uh, about like, somebody else sharing about how like all of those things like really filled in things that you could have considered to be plot holes in the uh, original trilogy, uh, which weren't necessarily plot holes, but they were just like loosely hanging weak details. Like the like, oh, you know, you know, Darth Vader killed your father. Like, oh, well, in a manner of speaking, he did. Sort of thing.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we got that sort of, you know, we uh, as you watch episodes four, five, and six for the first time, you eventually are like, oh yeah, well,
1: yeah, Anakin. It was a metaphor. He couldn't tell him right, right. up front, but he knew the whole time. Even though in the original, like in A New Hope it's likely that the character of Obi-Wan wasn't written to know what happened to Vader. Right. But we know that that character would have had to have known.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what it is, you know, and and we get the, you know, the final battle. And and really, you know, this was, again, filling in those gaps. And it added a little more context. You know, I, I'm i still... I know everybody is, has been like, no, 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 it, it doesn't. But I still feel like... Obi-Wan meeting Leia uh spending so much time with Leia and then meeting Luke even even just in passing um it still feels like it is tiptoeing on like creating a plot hole for 4 5 and yeah. 6 like it's just it's it, I get it it adds context to why Leia was so like no, we have to find Obi-Wan. Like, Obi-Wan is the one that's going to help us right now. You know, Mm -hmm. and it kind of adds a little bit to Luke being like, old Ben, that guy out on the thing? You know, so, like, I get it, but, like, it was close enough where it was like, you don't remember Obi-Wan, man? Like, come on, you know? Like, he almost died. (laughs) I
1: mean, he didn't, like, from what we see in the show... He meets Luke, but there's and like we don't have any reason to believe that like it's more than just like, hey, I'm you know an old friend of your family. Just Here's this by. toy. I'm gonna fuck off for twenty years and yeah, or you know nine years or whatever, and you'll you'll find me when you're a whiny teenager yeah. who can't be trained. Yep. Um, for Leia, I think it actually does make sense though because you know she's ten years old. She's a child. She's like obviously way in over her head, and this guy named Ben. Uh, was sent to, to rescue her, and she knows that she's someone that that knew her, her father. She sees that he's powerful. She learns that he's a Jedi. Uh, and then he fucks off, and she becomes the badass that Leia is. Uh, and over the years, she would have heard stories about General Kenobi, who fought in the Clone Clone Wars, who served with her father, all of these things. And, like, maybe she makes the connection back to the the guy who saved her as a child. Maybe she, like, trauma buries the whole thing. Like, we don't know. Like, we don't... That's actually kind of a problem with Leia's characters. We don't know enough about her. And this actually gives us more context for who Leia is than any Star Wars movie has ever. Yeah. Period. Leia is... Honestly, she's... Easily the most badass character in the original trilogy, and is given the least respect.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with this. Uh, you know, it's funny. You guys will hear this in an upcoming nerd debate episode over on the Superpod Hero Cast <laughs> in a couple of months. But of course, th- <laughs> there was a conversation that came up about you know who should get the next origin story. And in Star Wars and Leia was somebody that that somebody brought up. And I agree. I maybe not necessarily an origin story, but like I think General Organa, like, you know, recast her. No CGI bullshit. Yeah. Recast yeah, her as somebody badass. Have, you know, show us the times of her and Luke training to be Jedi's. Show mm-hmm. the time between 10-year-old Leia where we left her in Obi-Wan to 18-year-old Leia or 19-year-old Leia when she meets uh, Luke for the first time and gets captured. Mm -hmm. Like, that nine-year span, like, I want to see that. I want to see badass rebel teen Leia. And then I want to see post-episode six Leia of, you know, leading the the rebellion, becoming a general, becoming, yep. uh, you know, training in Jedi, like show us all of that. If you're going to stick with the Skywalkers, which in my other opinion, my more my opinion that's above this one, I, we're done with the Skywalkers. Go mm. to the other side of the freaking galaxy. We're done with Skywalkers. Show me what Jedi on the other side that... Are like we're fighting too. Who who's Luke Skywalker? I don't know who the fuck that is. We're I'm on the other side of the freaking galaxy. I I'm a Jedi fighting people.
1: You know, show that me the actually, other side. That brings up a great point though. Is like what is communication like in this galaxy? Uh, this the this gla- galaxy spanning empire because I like in a like the closest analog that I have from my childhood would be the Foundation series and the Galactic Empire as it's crumbling. Uh, a lot of news becomes more like lore and apocrypha than like actual news. Like the 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 rise of the the foundation is more like oh like this this kingdom of wizards and like they're they're taking over the periphery and like all this stuff. Like nobody really knows what's happening. And I feel like something similar would happen as the you know, like galactic republic then galactic empire starts to crumble and you have all of these different factions like hard communications would have to would have to break down to some extent and there would be this this lore and legend around the jedi and around the rebellion and these all of these different stories happening in this universe but then like how does that impact people who are force sensitive would there like is there some sort of like jedi communications network and i'm not talking about like you know subspace frequencies i'm talking like like it like the force supposedly moves through and connects all of us like can that like through the void of space like are there is there some way that they like have like some understanding of what's happening like do the jedi on like the the opposite side of the galaxy know that the the younglings were slaughtered at the temple do they know that the sith have, have come back like that's a really interesting story to me.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, and to a very, very small degree, The Mandalorian actually somewhat sets this story up in the first season. Uh, Fuck you,
1: I refuse to watch.
0: <laughs> I know, but but in the first season, uh, The Mandalorian, <laughs> somebody says something to the effect of like, "Oh, they, they're a Jedi," and he's like, "Jedi? Like, aren't those guys just myths? Like, nobody has really ever seen them, you know, before." Mm-hmm. And, and this is a bounty hunter, you know, who is, you know, he's he's a Mandalorian. He's been all over the galaxy hunting and this is again uh, you know this is after episode 6 that the Mandalorian takes place it's ap- after 6 before 7 and he even like nobody has seen Jedi in you know 50 years like you know I I half half think they're just myths so like we kind of get that set up and it is it's you know Luke running around collecting force sensitive children um, yeah. to a degree but there is just that thing like there's just going to be kids you know who are force sensitive who are just really good at dodging bullets and yeah. it just leaves it at that you know maybe they pick up a broom every so often you know as we <laughs> saw in, in you know in uh yeah. seven or eight or whatever God damn it you know but like uh, that's that's the thing that's what it's going to be you know it's just going to be people that just have these latent abilities that never develop further
1: but even like and Obi-Wan The Obi-Wan series goes into this a little bit, but like even with Order 66, there there's no possible way that even this like Galaxy Spanning Empire can find and kill all of them. Right. So like what happens to them? Tell us. Basically what I'm trying to say is that there are like dozens of really good stories that exist somewhere in the Star Wars universe. That just very few of them have made their way to us. Yeah,
0: which, you know, uh, (laughs) Taika Waititi, you know, just announced that his Star Wars film is not going to be about the Skywalker world. He even said, Mm. like, there's so many other stories out there. There's so many other... He, he said there's so many aliens in this galaxy like yeah. we should be talking about them so we know that Taiko Waititi is not as of now unless somebody steps in and is like uh-uh-uh. he is not going to tell a story about the Skywalkers and I think that's great I'm really excited yeah. for that um, so you know we'll see and I know there's tons of books and comic books but like The on-screen thing is still, I mean, it's still the gold standard, right? It it is. Yes, there are tons of great books. There are tons of great comics. If you are a huge Star Wars fan, if you're not already uh, buying the books and buying the comics and supporting all these authors and artists and, you know, watching the Clone Wars cartoons and all that, like, obviously go support those things. But still, like, the on-screen live-action is still the gold standard for Star Wars, and it deserves it deserves more uh, as it's getting it. But it deserves more.
1: It's funny because until very recently, the like the written expanded universe was it for people. Like yeah. that was like if you wanted more of this story, like that's it where it, it existed, and, and even that was like, like
0: not necessarily canon. Yeah,
1: and like almost none of it, I think, ended up being canon. Yeah. But to to the diehard fans, like it didn't fucking matter. And, uh, like, I I dabbled very little in that I I read the, the first of the Heir to the Empire trilogy. I actually thought it was a really good story. In fact, I personally was one of the people who was, like, in agreement that that was where I wanted the follow-up trilogy to go. Sure. Like, I, I wanted, you know, 789 to be something. It didn't have to be, you know, page for page lifted from the, the story of Mara Jade and Grand Admiral Thrawn or whatever their names are. Yeah. I think I got those right, actually. Good for Fuck, you, Yeah, so. Yeah, like that's that's a rare feat of memory for me Uh, because it has been probably like 25 years since I read that (laughs) book. Um, But like it didn't have to be lifted like word for word from those pages. But that was a really good story that like made a lot of sense for where the universe could go next.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of really good, you know, pivoting from, you know, into more comic book stuff like Miss Marvel is now at this point on episode four. Great oh, show. I, I, I just so, think it's doing so well. And I think it's setting up for her to have her comic accurate powers. Mm-hmm. If, we haven't, if we didn't get that revealed in episode four yet, probably I mean, spoiler, I, I think it's the- going to happen.
1: The very first time she throws the giant fist in a fight, I was just—I was cheering. Yeah, you're just like, "What? That's it? Yeah, "Yeah, she did
0: it! She did the thing!" I—I think it's—I would just be really surprised if she's not comic accurate by the end of the series, because I think that you know they have to get around the Terrigen you know, in humans thing. And I right. think this is the way they're gonna do it is they're gonna give her this thing which unlocks it in it's a terigen crystal instead of the mm. powered or whatever they did before and well, that's how they're gonna do it.
1: It's got ties to like the greater like cosmic universe that yep. the MCU is introducing. I mean we have like again, are we far enough in that we can we can well say at this point details? we can talk
0: about episode three because it was over a week ago and we could talk about like, the Shang-Chi reference.
1: It's yeah, I mean it's bringing in like the, the concept of another dimension and the dimension is full of jinn, mm-hmm. uh full of beings that like we here in in our earth, our our dimension would refer to as jinn. Sure. Uh which is badass because that helps keep it culturally tied in with the uh the Khan family in the in the story and their history going back to the the partition of India. Uh and like I just I love I love, love, love how they're treating these characters. It just makes me so happy. And it just makes every conversation I have about Multiverse of Madness that much more infuriating when I think about what they did to America Chavez. Totally.
0: Yeah. I I would really love to see her show up in the last episode, at least. I mean, at this point, like, there's no way she's going to show up anytime earlier, I don't think. But I really would love for her to show up in the last episode just to, like punch through a dimension and pull the gin back or something i don't know i just feel like she she's got to show up
1: if we don't get at least a like even just a a fan service brief on-screen cameo of america and kate bishop oh my god in this series and yolana i'm gonna be yeah i'm gonna yes i'm gonna fucking revolt (laughs) Uh, and i'm i just like my my dream team is for them to to like Find a way to like salvage the Laura Kinney character out of Logan, which I say salvage. I mean, that movie was great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but but it doesn't yeah. really fit with the larger story. Yeah. So they have to find a way to bring her onto that and make her the badass that she is in the comics. Uh, obviously aged up a bit. Sure. Because she was very young in that story. I mean, um,
0: the, the actress is now uh qu- quite older. That movie came say, out like the, eight years ago. So
1: Yeah, probably the perfect age at this <laughs> yeah, point. she's, she's got to be uh, close to 20. And also uh, Squirrel Girl. Get me, like, give me that team of five. And, like, that's, like, I don't care what else Marvel does. Give me that, and I'm happy. We we need, we need... Oh, well, I mean... I'm sorry 6 because we know that Ironheart is also coming out soon and we need Riri Williams as well.
0: Oh right. Oh. Uh so uh to note to that Daphne Keane who played uh uh Laura in or played uh, X23 mm-hmm. in Logan is now 17. So Okay. Yeah, so yeah, she's so by the time they she's... start filming it, she would be 19 20, be yeah great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, spot And then, on. um um oh, I had it. I lost it. It's gone now. Oh, Ironheart
0: Oh, yeah, well, Rudy Williams, we know that's coming soon, so... Do
1: you think that they'll, like, have Tony Stark be her AI, like like he was in the comics?
0: I don't know. I know that, uh, it, it was probably a long time ago, but I do recall, um... Uh, Tony or um, Robert Downey Jr. saying something to that effect of like, "Oh, you never know. Maybe I'll come back like Jarvis type thing." Yeah, and that was <laughs> oh after Tony died, and then
1: before this. So I I don't know if well, they knew at that point that Ironheart was going to happen. So right. if he makes a, like an aside comment like that, that means that he at least has. Like said, I am willing to do that. Right. Yeah. Even if even if Feige isn't entertaining the notion, which if he's not, he's like he's an idiot, and we know he's not an idiot. Yeah, uh, I mean clearly. I mean, he he makes a blunder here and there, like hiring Sam Raimi, but he's not an idiot. Right. And so right. if if something like that was allowed to so casually slip out from someone so big, then you know they've at least thought about it, and that gives me hope. And
0: that's that's all we need don't, is
1: don't do that. Don't give me hope.
0: Don't give me hope. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Yeah, speaking of hope, uh, we've got a brand new episode coming out this Sunday, and we're going to do, listen, I know this is kind of like a spoiler of what we do, but this is probably the coolest freaking movie we have ever watched. Hands down. I I, like, ridiculous. So we are watching RRR. Uh, the Indian action film is available currently streaming on Netflix in the U.S. I would imagine it's it's probably a lot of other places in the country um, or in the world. Uh, but Netflix in the U.S., RRR, uh, it's a three-hour movie. So be prepared. So if you're the type of person that watches movies before you listen to our episode, it is a three-hour long movie. Mm-hmm. It is worth every minute.
1: Oh, my God. Every I...
0: single minute.
1: So, obviously, like, I'm I'm out of town this week, and, like, as I was packing up to leave because it was a super spontaneous thing, I was like, oh, shit, we're not going to be able to watch that movie together. And so I just, like, as soon as I finished it, I messaged her. I was like, look, if you don't watch this while I'm gone... I 100% will watch it again with you. It's that good.
0: Is that good. Absolutely. So uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, find us over uh, on your podcast player of choice, the Never Heard of It podcast. We're on all of them. You can find us everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for those of you listening on your podcast player of choice, hey, uh, don't forget to hit subscribe. I guess this goes for the YouTube people as well. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified whenever brand new episodes drop. And uh, as always, share with 100,000 of your closest friends.
1: It's the least you can do, and we believe in you. We know that you do more than the minimum.
0: It's true. It's true. We have that faith in you. All right. (laughs) Thanks a lot for joining us, everyone, and we will see you next time.
1: A father's tragic past, hidden in the adventures of a cartoon mouse. A cautionary tale on the dangers of temporal tourism. A woman searching for answers after the death of an old friend. This is the Storyteller Series, a Night Shift Radio original. Every month we bring a new short story to life in a full cast audio drama. We publish a second exclusive story to our online print edition. And we give you a glimpse behind the pages with our author interview series. Subscribe to the Storyteller series wherever you listen to podcasts and visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.